Can you picture it? The first LP you ever bought. You were probably in your early teens, still keen on Top of the Pops, tuning into Wonderful Radio 1 on 247. Or, if you'd been clued in by friends at school about stuff that was cool and trendy, listening to a pirate station, like Radio Caroline, in your bedroom at night. I expect you already had a collection of singles of 45 RPM discs acquired when you first began to get pocket money, chart hits that you played on the family's record player. Maybe your parents, if they were a lot more hip and sophisticated than my mum and dad, had invested in a stereo system. And now you were ready to graduate to your first proper grown-up choice. An album! A 12-inch long-playing record, pressed onto black vinyl, all packaged up in a gatefold cover, a sleeve, adorned with the band's name and some snazzy artwork, and just waiting to delight and surprise you, once you'd switch speeds to 33 revolutions per minute, with two whole sides of tracks, eight, ten, twelve of them. So what was it, that first LP of yours? Something you'd be ashamed to admit to these days? Or a classic that still defines your taste all these years later? I can remember the first LP I ever bought, and precisely where. And I'll tell you, now just... I'm moving house for the first time in 25 years, so I've had to decide what to do with my record collection. The scratchy vibe of vinyl has become trendy again, hasn't it? Authentic analogue audio, as opposed to the antiseptic perfection of digital downloads. My collection amounts to a couple of hundred discs altogether, most of them recorded half a century ago. But now that we're downsizing, I think that's the term, I've been encouraged to jettison anything that's simply taking up space. Gritting my teeth, I managed to sift out as many as 40 or 50 records, ones that, if I'm being totally honest, scarcely get played anymore from one year to the next. I took them to that stall upstairs in Cardiff Market, and I'm proud to say there wasn't a single one that they weren't eager to buy from me. Taste, you see. If you've got it, you've got it. And by the time I was buying LPs, I had it. <laughs> But I've got to admit, I was pretty late to the whole pop and rock scene. When I was a boy, we lived with my grandparents. Our house in Tillicalen Road, Penagraig, had been bought brand new by my great-grandfather, Robert John, for the princely sum of £300 back in 1903. Hardly anything in the house seemed to have changed since back then. It was gloomy with varnished sideboards, coal scuttles and Bible-black Bibles. The place suited a generation in the last decades of their lives, not the first. Pop music didn't feature. There was no record player, no transistors. Our huge wireless set was tuned to the BBC Welsh Home Service. The only music I heard all week long came on a Sunday afternoon. Caniadaeth y Cysigr. Welsh congregational hymn-singing. No wonder I was teased, mercilessly, when I went out to play in the back lane or up the gully towards Hugh Street by all the other kids who couldn't believe 
that the only pop group I'd heard of was the Beatles, and that was only because they were so thoroughly disapproved of in our house. Yes, my education in music came late, but it couldn't have happened in a better place. Tonapandi Square. The record shop opposite the picture room was a cavern of delights in the 1970s, laid out in alphabetical order on rack after rack, just waiting for us to flip through them with the sounds of the 70s. The whole world of rock, soul, blues, jazz, even some classical music. Walking up Dunraven Street to Pandy Square from Penegraig, I had to pass Woolworths, and it was always tempting to pop in, especially when two teenage friends of mine, Julie Hughes and Julie Thomas, started Saturday jobs on the tills there. But I would never have dreamt of buying a record in Woolies, even though it sold knock-off cover versions of all the hits for next to nothing. That would have been a betrayal of Mal Reese, the proud owner of The Record Shop. Mal, you see, was a genial, if shrewd, presence behind the counter, a local JP, and a big figure in the Tonopandi Chamber of Trade. Mal's wife, Jean, also appeared in the shop on occasions. She was the sister of two genuine Rhonda legends, actors Donald and Glyn Houston. Years later, I made a film with Glyn. He had a small part, but such presence on the screen that he dominated the whole show. And as we swapped stories on set about our Rhonda upbringings, Glyn told me how fond he was of his sister. I always thought that something of her brother's stardust rubbed off on Jean. But Mal, well, he wasn't exactly glamorous. He made no attempt to get down with the kids, probably just as well, dressing more like a solicitor or a school teacher. Yes, a teacher. And like the best teachers, he became more of a mentor and a guide to us than an instructor. We all became his pupils, a spotty adolescence, learning to be ourselves, flicking through album after album in those stacked racks, hesitating and changing our minds, and then hesitating all over again before finally coughing up out of our precious savings two pounds and thirty pence. Was it that much? For a spanking new addition to our collection. And that first record I bought? It wasn't heavy rock, or prog rock, or Bowie, or Dylan, or The Stones, or anything particularly right on. Just fairly middle-of-the-road folk-influenced pop from the north of England. But I'm not ashamed of it, and it certainly made the cut when it came to deciding which of my records would move with us to our new house. It was Lindisfarne's Fog on the Tyne. record shop regulars browsed much more than we bought. Most of us could only afford one purchase a month, but we spent hours there every Saturday morning all the same, discussing the charts and the classic albums of years gone by, arguing about the latest releases, talking about other things too, gossip and news and the way of the world. Mal magicked an atmosphere that never made us feel pressurised. He never seemed to mind however long we took never failed to smile and give us a cheery see you next week even if we eventually made our way back out onto pandy square without buying a single thing not even a single as a businessman i'm sure the record shop gave mal a decent living but i sensed even then that that wasn't why he was doing it 
He loved the music and he was certainly knowledgeable about his stock, keeping it up to the minute and relevant week after week, year after year, through all the fads and trends, false starts and naffnesses of 1970s pop and rock. But the real value of the record shop was in something we couldn't have bought, no matter how long we teenagers saved up. It was a shared space and a safe one where, however smart or slow we were, however cocky or insecure, we got an education. An education in something that really mattered. Music. It mattered not because it could help us pass an exam or get a job, but because it could be enjoyed for itself. Appreciated for itself because though we would hardly have said it like this, because it was a thing of beauty. I've been reading a book that's just come out, The Sound of Being Human, by the brilliant music journalist Jude Rogers. Jude is 20 years younger than me, but as I read about her Welsh upbringing and the wonderful range of artists she's loved in various stages of her life, her path seems to keep crossing my own musical journey. She writes about records and tapes and radio DJs and dancing and focuses her memories on 12 particular tracks. But her book is about much more than that. It's about how we rely on music for comfort, for insight, for connection with other people, how we grow with songs and how songs grow inside us. Music, says Jude Rogers, defines us as human beings. And do you know what? I'm sure Mal Rees would agree. I'm John Geraint Roberts, John on the Ronda. Here's a track from my own back catalogue, inspired by the music I heard and all that time I spent on Tonapandi Square in Mal Rees's record shop. Buying in a car on a pandy up like a bottle of coke Driving on a bottle of brandy Someone's idea of a joke Just made the bend by the plaza Can't see the shade on the lights Feeling like Samson in Gaza On a ton of panty ton up tonight Ton of panty ton up Gonna take a run up New road faster than light Turn up, panty, turn up My angels see the sun up Before I get to bed tonight Everybody's wanting the answers Written down and sealed in advance Everybody's watching the dancers Who's gonna get up and dance Everybody grabs what's progressive Everybody digs what's their own Maybe we're just too possessive To turn the whole world upside down Turn up, panty, turn up Gonna take a run up New road, faster than light Turn up, panty, turn up My angels see the sun up Before I get to bed tonight
satisfaction Lemons imagining peace Springsteen's deep in the depression Speed is the only release Dylan screams out there's injustice Black and white below and above All of them know just what lust is But no one's quite so sure about love Turn up, Penny, turn up, gonna take a run up New road, faster than light Turn up, Penny, turn up, might just see the sun up Before I get to bed tonight Flying in a car out of Pandy Smashed up like a bottle of Coke End up like an old can of Shandy Kept in an empty and broke Going out looking for trouble Feeling just a little bit tight Thinking about bursting the bubble On a ton of panty time tonight Ton of panty time Gonna take the run up Ton of panty time for life Ton of panty time My agency the sun up Before I get to bed tonight Bye.